Welcome to Tree Dog Tuesday, only on the Fueled by Joy Working Dog Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fuel by Joy Working Dog Podcast, and I got a good one for you today. I'm excited to be here. Mr. Keith Sutmiller, legend in two tree dog sports, not just one. <laughs> Josh, thank you for giving me the opportunity when you contacted me. I really wasn't expecting the phone call, but I counted a privilege to get to sit down with you also. Uh, you're really respected at what you do, and uh, I'm just honored to get to participate. Well, I feel the same way, Keith. I know I've drawn you a couple times and I've judged you a couple times and I always enjoyed our time in the woods together when we were together. And uh, everywhere I go, you know, because I talk to a lot of squirrel hunters through Joy Dog Food and through the podcast or through whatever, and uh, they're talking about Keith Sutmiller and bird dog crosses and all that stuff. And I want to get into that a little bit later. Okay. But uh, first, I want to just talk about how you got started doing these crazy sports because you do love to squirrel hunt and you love to coon hunt too. And you've done a pretty good job of mixing the two, I think, you know. And so, uh, what got you into tree dog? Well, I guess you'd call it a little bit of a family tradition. I was actually raised up, you know, now young people and boys, they've got a lot of activities for entertainment. When I was a small boy, seemed like hunting was you know what we did for fun on spare time and on weekends and things and uh, both of my grandpas actually even my great grandpas they tell me but my my grandpas and my father and uncles we always had hunting dogs we had tree dogs uh, my dad loved to bird hunt he always yep. kept pointer bird dogs and we don't hardly have quail anymore but we did back then and dad dad loved that and we even had rabbit beagles. We did a little bit of all that. But um, I guess the tree dogs was probably was kind of my real passion. And so, uh, and we had squirrel, you know, I think I said squirrel yeah. dogs and coon dogs. So anyway, it's just something that kind of was a way of life way back there. And I just never really got away from it. Yeah. And you said uh, your granddad and your great granddad both on it? Yes. What uh -huh. about your dad? Yeah, my dad did also. Did he? he did also. Yeah. Yeah. And really, it's kind of about the dog. I tell people, and it's kind of different, but I don't deer hunt, turkey hunt, fish. I uh, I really, I don't think I've ever killed a single squirrel, what they call steel hunting, just yep. sitting under a tree. And I actually like to eat squirrels, by the way. I mean, <laughs> I don't just shoot them. I bring them in, clean them, and yep. eat them. But it's about the dog. I love to, and I might even just say that, I almost can respect any kind of a working dog. There's something about watching a dog. Uh, I've even watched herd dogs that just yep. amaze me. Yep. And uh, but anyhow, I just uh, tree dogs. Trying to maybe come up with a dog, uh, ideally like a young dog that you can see potential in, mm -hmm. and then just put the hours. Uh, we talked a little bit even before this started yep. about you know the time involved, and and then try to push that dog keep trying to push it to the next level till you finally get it to you know the finished product is yep. something that uh uh you know makes you makes you pleased you know with your kind of rewarding i guess you'd say for all the hard work and time that you put into it yeah as you were uh growing up have you lived around here pretty close all your life yeah my little uh 
the town that's really my hometown where I went to school, most of my family's Wilberton, which yep. is 30 miles east yep. of here. Mm-hmm. So was it a was it a, a community deal, you know, hunting with dogs? Was it more popular back then? Was it something a lot of kids did? Yeah, it was. And back then, you know, you had a lot of, uh, of course, the licensed hunts was mostly UKC. Yeah. But, you know, back then, man, on a Saturday, remember how they would have like the – I mean, all them day events, drag races, yep. treeing contests, bench show. I mean, really, that, that thing would get going, or when it was time for one of them hunts, it would get started mid-morning and go all night. And yep. uh, and it was kind of more of a family deal. You'd see a lot of, you know, a lot of people just really planned ahead of time to be there. And it, uh, I have seen change through the years yep. where it's kind of, got away from that side of it but yeah it was in a lot of young 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 uh boys and maybe even some girls you know really loved to hunt and you know they picked up on that yeah well i know because you talked about your granddad great granddad dad and you and you got a picture of your son up there winning the first youth squirrel hunt that we looked at and that was really cool and you look at all these generations doing it and that's pretty rare anymore because not only are these kids distracted you know they've got so many other activities and things to do but guys that hunt like me and you hunt i talked to chuck dunlap about this too Mm -hmm. and his boy and uh his boy colton of course don hunts and hard hunters like us tend to it'll skip a generation on occasion you know because you know when we're out there working dogs and my kids will be the first one to tell you i'm not the most fun to hunt with when i'm trying to get a pup going or something like that you know so was your parents and grandparents really focused on the dogs and you just gritted through it or was it did they did they want you to enjoy it and kind of cater to that well uh like my father he he loved to hunt and but he didn't make us you know i yeah. remember some cold mornings we would be planning and i'm there's me and i'm there's two of us i'm the oldest i got yeah. a brother two years younger just two of us children and um uh, I know, of course, me being older probably played a part in this, but I remember sometimes Dad coming in there like early in the morning. He'd say, boys, uh, I'm on a go, but it's, it's sleeting outside and it's cold. And, I, you you know, y'all may not want to go, but if you want to, I think I remember a few times my younger brother Stephen said, I think I'll stay here. And, <laughs> yeah. But I believe I most of the time went ahead and yeah. said, Dad, I want to go because I just I don't know if there's something about it. I yeah. loved it. And, uh, so anyway, uh, but we just, uh, anyway, it was just something that we did. And, but my dad was a hard hunter and my yeah. grandpa. And, yeah. uh, so and I had an uncle, Joe Sutmiller, that was a real hard hunter yeah. and I felt like a really good dog man. But it just, it's just something that we just, uh, I wasn't made to do it, but was given the opportunity. And like first myself, I just, I just really enjoyed it. I yeah. don't know. And, uh, Do you know what? Can you put your finger on why you liked it so much, Keith? Well, I really like dogs. I don't know. I just, yeah. I really, I really am what you'd call a dog person. Uh, and so I don't know. It was something about, I think I like dogs anyway. And we didn't keep, you know, my dad, we didn't keep many dogs just for just, you know, yeah. in other words, they almost like they had to earn their keep to yeah. be there. So, so if we was going to have a pet dog, it probably was going to tree something or run, you know, it was going to do something or it probably we wasn't even going to have it because yeah. dad didn't mind us having a dog. But, and we did, I think, a time. We had a collie one time as kids for a while and she was a good old dog. But, 
but there wasn't too many just dogs that we just had hunting dogs and but I think it was the I, I kind of just think the dog and just something about the time spent yeah. out there with that dog. I know me and your dad would have got along pretty good because mediocre dogs don't enthuse no, me. No, <laughs> they don't. They don't. And uh, so, and and you know, I've um, through the years too. My dad liked a good dog, and my uncle did, and stuff. And so, they, my family, the ones that taught me. They they tried to set a fairly high standard. Yeah. I mean, they just didn't want just any. I mean, they didn't always have the best, but they wanted to think they had something that pretty much could sort of yeah. compete. They wasn't going to be embarrassed if they went hunting with somebody. Yeah. And so, anyway, that's just that's how it all kind of got started. Did your family have coon dogs and squirrel dogs both? They did. Yeah. They did. And uh, and you know, my son Jared. Uh, I think sometimes, and I've even talked to some of my friends, I might have sort of burned him out a mm-hmm. little bit just by running and hunting and dragging him everywhere. And I mean, he he didn't really ever seem to complain, and he went yeah. with me and all that. But uh, but really, he'll he'll be listening to this. But he <laughs> but he it's what I'd tell him, and he knows anyway. He uh, once he got grown, he. Uh, he kind of got away from yeah. it. I mean, he'll he'll come and hunt with me on special occasions. Sometimes we have some friends or family come in from out of town, and we plan a big hunt ahead of time. We went on a coon hunt not too long ago. Some uh, a man and his son from a church we know that yeah. wanted to come, and the boy, the man's son, had never been uh, hunting, and he had uh, seen the movie and read the book where the red fern grows, <laughs> yeah. and he wanted to really actually go coon hunting. Yeah. And, and so uh was he shocked when you didn't follow him around with lanterns and chop the tree well (laughs) no but i I think he did you know because in the movies but my son went with went with us that night and uh enjoyed it and and my i will say this about my son he's he's actually a good knowledgeable dog person i mean he he knows what a dog's doing he can call a dog he i mean he would be good at it but i know when he got his own life and he's got two boys and my grandsons, his boys are real active in soccer, and, yep. they're, and they're good soccer players. And even one of them got a scholarship on good, soccer. Good. So anyway, they stay real busy with that. But uh, and then my daughter, uh, she she's got two girls, and they're they're kind of a little bit tomboys in a yep, way. They yep. actually probably enjoy the coon hunting better than my two grandsons yep, do. Yep. But anyhow. I think, I think my daughter likes it. Uh, my son's, my son likes it too. You yeah. know, he goes to all the hunts, but getting the dog ready and and doing all the nine to five, the hard stuff. You know, he he helps and he does good and he he works hard at it. But you can tell that don't enthuse him much. Right. But the minute we load that truck up and go to that hunt, and he's he's ready to roll then. You yeah. Know? And then he's watching coon hunting on YouTube instead of basketball or he's stuff like <laughs> something that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. But my daughter, I think she enjoys it just just the act of going well, you that's know more good. than he does so that's good it's weird how them kids vary you know yep. you'd think coming out of me or you or whatever you know that's just shows the genetics and these dogs don't always get passed along either yeah. just like us and, and i'll say something else right here on this some people look back and say they don't have any regrets what they did in life how yep. they went about things i can't say that I really, Josh, was probably too hard of a hunter and spent yeah. too many hours away from my family just to confess yeah. it. I didn't really probably realize I was doing it at the time, but now that I've got older, look back, 
I uh, I see were really uh, I should have been wiser and and, yeah. and I took away from my family and stuff that I, I I had it to do over again. I'd try to be a little make better choices in some of that. I really yeah. would. Well, that's what we got these wives for, so they can make better choices for us. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, what about what about the dogs you started with, Keith? What kind of breeds and what were your parents hunting and grandparents and stuff? Well, uh, back then. I mean, we like on the coon dogs, we just had different kind of dogs. Some of them was even probably grade dogs, yeah. you know, mixed dogs. But uh, I do know my dad talked a lot about he had a plot female one time that he really liked. Actually, I didn't remember her because it was while I was still, you know, if I was a lot, I was just little, too little to almost remember. Yeah. But he really said she was a, a good dog. And we had different dogs. And, uh, and then when it come to the squirrel dogs, same type of deal. Just just a lot of times, you know, just a mixed mongrel dog makes a good squirrel dog. And we had uh, we had different dogs, but actually it was my grandpa Supmiller that uh, that put a bug in my ear about the bird dog crosses. Yeah. That, you know that they really, if you found one and they would tree that. He really said he thought they made you know some of the best squirrel yeah. dogs and so. What year? What year was that? Oh gosh, that would have been. Well, that would have been. I graduated in 1977, and uh, somewhere it was like when I was a grown person and maybe had yeah. got married. We'd had squirrel dogs as a boy. I mean, all growing up, but then I found myself without one there for a little while. And I was telling my grandpa, I said, you know, I missed the squirrel hunting. I was, and at that time, I was coon hunting a lot. Yeah. And uh, then, and I tell you, part of what made me want to get to squirrel hunting, I knew I couldn't keep my little boy out or my kids out at night and expect yeah. them to go to school and stay awake. And I wanted to involve them if I could. And, uh, and of course, especially my son, just yeah. not because of any reason other than a boy, you yeah. know, out yeah. there. But uh, so anyhow, that's what made me want to maybe get away from the coon hunting more and get into the squirrel hunting so he could go with me and we could do something that we could do together. And, you know, I wouldn't feel like I was keeping him out late and expecting him to stay awake and pay attention in school and everything. So that would have been about – that would have been like in the late 70s, 78, 79. And so that's when I told my grandpa's – you know, I was going to get me another squirrel dog, and I'd been without one maybe for two or three years. And that's when he started telling me that if uh, if I could find something with bird dog in it, that yeah. some of the best he ever seen was part bird dog. Did you find one bird dog in it? Yeah, I did. Uh, I first bought a little mixed mongrel female. was the first sure enough good squirrel dog that I come up with. Her name was Queenie Bell, just a little, Lord, if you looked up ugly in the, dictionary it might have had her picture there she didn't look like anything but she really was a pretty good little old meat squirrel dog yeah and then after that i come up with another dog and he was a half pointer and half stevens and actually he was a pretty nice dog but then a year or two later after that that's when i come up with my payday dog and uh uh well by then that would have been getting in the like in the late 80s and uh and so anyway, I got him, and he was a half-pointer, half-Stevens Kerr. And then from there, and actually at that time, I was more just into hunting than yeah. I was to try to breed or raise anything. I mostly didn't, wasn't even really focused on that. 
and I kept payday for a lot of years. I did sell him one time, and he was gone for seven months, and then I got a chance to get him back. I really regretted selling that dog, and then I got him back, and that time I kept him. He's, he lived to be 15, and he's buried out there by my dog pens. But, uh, but as he started getting a little bit of age on him, he turned out to be a, quite a good reproducer. Yeah. People would breed a good female, and he actually he sired six or seven world champion squirrel dogs, and they all had different mamas. Yeah. And uh, and he and really he was probably only bred live bred to probably maybe around twelve to fifteen dogs in his lifetime. Really. So he was, you know, I feel like if anybody had to admit he was a pretty yeah. powerful reproducing type dog, and. One of my friends back then, trying to remember which one it was really, but somebody put a bug in my ear. They knew I thought a lot of that dog, and he was starting to get a little bit of age on him. And they said, Keith, you ought to check into getting him collected so that way even after he's gone, you could still get you some puppies from him. And I'm not even, back then I'm not even sure I was even aware that you could yeah. do that, or if I did, I did, sure didn't know much about it. So I thanked the person for bringing that to my attention and reminding me that that's an option. So I ended up taking him up to Stillwater at OSU to the universities where yeah. I took him back then and, and got him collected. And, uh, so, and I was always glad I did because it, it allowed me to raise a few litters of puppies even after he was dead and gone. And, that was uh, cutting edge stuff back then. It was. See, back then it was, everything was kind of different. I mean, even, they was straws that wasn't the pellet form right. semen, and you didn't get quite as many. The only thing, by the time I did that, he was already getting some age on him. I want to say he was around 11 or 12, yeah. and we did get him collected, and seemed like we got like seven or eight breedings yeah. on him. But I actually took him back about six months later, and at first it looked like it was going to be successful. They drawed it, and they said, I believe he's going to be. But just while we was talking about it, the, the sperm went to dying off. Yeah. And they said he still, you know, probably could get pups live breeding, but it, he wasn't, it wasn't fertile enough right. to stand the freeze and stuff. And so, and then after that, I had a son out of him called Jackpot that when the PKC World Squirrel Hunt was going, he won it two years back to back. And, uh, I had him collected and put in the tank, and then I had a nice male off of him I called Show Off that won, you know, won mm -hmm. and turned a lot of heads and had him collected. So anyway, through the years, it's uh, you know, I've even still got some of that semen today yeah. in my tank. So When did you uh, first lay eyes on payday? Well, it would have been in about, like I said, it's the late 80s. Uh, I think I got that dog in about 87 or 88, yeah. and i tell you the story behind him. A guy told me about Payday and told me Payday was one of them self-taught dogs that was out in the country, and he'd just run loose in the country. And he would just tree squirrels, and he'd tree them just one right after another, but nobody even went to him. Yeah. And he wouldn't stay but maybe two or three minutes, three or four minutes, because it's just like nobody was going to come, so he just tree it tree three or four minutes he'd take off i mean wouldn't be very long you'd hear him treed again and he would do that for literally hours and a guy told me about him said i know that dog's treeing squirrels I, I he was an old squirrel hunter himself yeah. and i think he was turkey hunting when he heard that dog making all them mm -hmm. trees and he said i went up there and seen that dog you can tell he's real young and if you could get that dog 
that dog would be something if the right man got behind him. So, of course, me, I mean, I, I didn't waste no time to go <laughs> see about him. And, and really the day I got him, Josh, a lot of men I don't think would have even brought him home because we turned him loose. And, and really payday, and, and I noticed this instantly, I mean, not, I mean, really not just saying it or sure don't mean it in any kind of a, in a bragging way or anything, but he, I believe he was, had to be the fastest dog I've ever seen to this day. I mean, he was, I've never seen a dog that fast, and we turned that dog loose, and uh, man, I mean, he was gone, and, and just and just in seconds, he was in there three or 400 yards treed, and and this guy that was, that I actually owned him, he was older than me, and didn't get didn't get around quite as good and we started walking and of course within about yeah. a minute or two into the walk payday shut up and a little bit he was treated somewhere else well then we started going that way and then a little bit he shut up and he was treated <laughs> he treated like five or six times just fast as a dog almost could treat but left every tree and uh so anyway uh i uh I told the guy, I said, the next time that dog trees somewhere, I'm going to try real hard to get to him because I knew in my mind, too, he was treeing squirrels. You didn't want to be rude, but you really wanted but, to tell that I, guy to stay here. Yeah, I want to get to right. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of what it was. And he said, well, you go ahead. I can't I can't walk or do. Well, back then, I was pretty young, and I could run if I wanted yeah. to. So sure enough, about that time, he trees again. And I just I said, I'll be back in a little bit. I just tuck off. Well, I got where I got that dog in my sight. And I could see him at this tree. I just wanted to see him at a tree and see. I like a focused tree dog. I don't like one to mill and move yeah. around. So I got within sight of him, and he was standing like a statue. Just That's just how his tree style. He, he treed off the tree a few feet, but he just stared. And actually, maybe that pointer bird dog, he yeah. wouldn't even hardly move a muscle. It's almost like he was on point in a way. He'd just be staring right up that oh, tree. That's just how, that was how yeah. he did and actually, once you walked into him, he'd shut up and hardly ever bark again once you yep. handled him or got to him. But so anyway, I could see him out there at this tree, and I could see what tree. I made a mental note is a big hickory tree, and about that time, he burst out of her and was gone. But while he was there, uh, he was just standing. I mean, there wasn't no yep. floating from tree. He was watching that tree just, I call it like a hawk. Well... I walked on up there, and there said a big fox squirrel on the top of it. So that let me know for yeah. sure that he was. So I go back and tell this old gentleman, I said, uh, if we can catch that dog, let's catch him. And, and he said, well, if we can't, he knows his way home. By the way, I had asked that guy, because before payday come along, I would bought a, two or three of them dogs running loose in the country and really just threw my money away because when you'd haul them somewhere, yeah. they didn't even know what you was doing. Yeah. They It's kind of like a dog tree and a squirrel in the yard, you yeah. know. And so but then I'd bought two or three dogs, and they didn't work out, and I'd just give them to people. I thought the next time I hear one of these dogs that's self-taught running loose, I'm going to ask the person, let's just, we don't have to go that far, but let's load this dog in a truck and go yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So we, we hauled him not too far, a mile from the house or so. And, uh, but it didn't matter, you know, yeah. so he went to tree and so anyway, but that guy, he said, ah, if ain't no big deal, if we can't catch him, he'll find his way home. If he don't, you know, and, <laughs> and I kind of was trying to yeah. had no idea what he had. Did he? he didn't. No. And, and, but I, I was trying not to make it so obvious that I wanted yeah. that dog so bad, but he probably read through me like a newspaper because <laughs> yeah. I was probably just beaming, you know, and, and even my own brother, Josh, when I first got that dog, 
I didn't have him but a week or two. We went hunting. And he, I, I didn't get him out of that overnight, by the way, yeah. and, and I didn't have tracking devices. It'd be easier to train a payday all over again with a Garmin, you right. know, where I could right. see maybe. And uh, but back then we didn't even have that. And the way you turned him loose, he went so hard, and and sometimes he'd get over a hill on you and get away from you and, you know, all that stuff. And uh, But anyway, even my own brother, back to that, first time he ever hunted with him, that dog left two or three trees, and, and I, you know, only got to him once or twice out of five or six. This was one of the first hunts, and my brother said, I'd kill that crazy thing. He <laughs> said, what are you what are you going to do with him? But I said, I made a comment. I said, if I can get him staying on trees, because that was just kind of when squirrel hunts was just yeah. getting started about then. Yeah. I said, if I get him staying on trees, I really believe he's the kind of dog that I could really – Probably have a shot of winning the you world did, hunt. You did, you did, did you just say, I'm going to win the world hunt? That's I, what I I'm think I might have said, yeah, <laughs> I planned to win if I can just get him. And, you know, it took a little bit of, I mean, it wasn't, it didn't just happen in a week no. or two or maybe even a month. But little by little, uh, me getting to him, praising him, petting him, I think the, I think that did as much as killing squirrels yeah. to him. He just. I was wondering, he, was it just killing squirrels or was it just he, you getting there I and think, him knowing you I were think, coming? Yeah, just knowing I was yeah. coming. And then I'd pet him. And one time way back there, I was I had him going my way, and he'd been staying at trees, and I, I was gaining on him, I call yeah. it. And one time he got pretty deep in some hilly country, and it took me a little while to get there. And I knew, I, I was thinking, man, I hope he stays. I hope he stays. Well, yeah. just as I was coming to him, he didn't see me. He went, to, he went to leave. He just couldn't stand it much longer. He'd been there for probably, if I was sort of guessing, he'd maybe been there for eight or ten minutes. Yeah. And uh, and so anyway, and he burst and was fixing to leave. And, boy, I screamed out at him. Maybe the only whipping I ever give the dog. And I caught him and kind of whipped him and jerked him around, took him back to that tree. And back then, I would, I'd really even try hard. We used to carry a razor-sharp chopping axe, yeah. and we'd liable to punch one, you know. And it seemed like I spent 45 minutes getting that squirrel for him. But I wanted him to know, right. if you'll stay here till I get here, and I think the dog really was an intelligent dog. I think he almost knew what that whole yeah. deal was about. And, of course, in time, he'd become a tree dog that, uh, I mean, he wouldn't probably stay like no hound for hours and hours, but he'd stay. You didn't yeah. have to worry about it. And a lot of my buddies that's tried these, they're, and they're not for everybody, them bird dog crosses. Some of my friends calls them hot-footed. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. they come up with that terminology. And it's not uncommon for them when they're young and just getting started to tree and then leave before. I tell people the first few times you hear them tree, just try real hard to get to yeah. them. And when you get there, pet them. If you can get the squirrel, great. If not, at least pet them, praise them. And little by little, they figure out you're coming, and they get to stay in a little longer and a little longer. And most of them develop into yeah. pretty good tree dogs. Do you think that – you touched on that earlier. Do you think that speed – that payday had was a credit to them to the bird dog oh absolutely yeah. that's where it come from yeah because through the years um i uh i mean most bird dogs you can get a dud in anything but both bird dogs is they got they got drive and yeah. heart the main thing i look for in a dog whether it's a coon dog squirrel dog even back when i run rabbit beagles i, I love i call it heart but drive yeah. hunt it all really means pretty much the same thing yeah and I tell people, you can't put that in a dog. I mean, in other words, you, you may get on a dog and get rough with it, make it go hide from you. 
but really to have the kind of hunt that I like in a dog where when I unsnap them, they're just driven. To, yeah. It's like they're on a mission to get in there and do something and do it quick. I tell people, really, when a litter of newborn puppies is laying there, if a man could only pick them, you know, whenever yeah. they're just laying there, but I say, you know, really may not be any of them have what you're looking for. It could be one or two or could be the majority of them. You just don't never know till you get it. But, but I love that in a dog, and that's what that's what I expect when I put the bird dog. That's really yeah. what I'm looking for. Well, I know because I love quail hunting, mm-hmm. and I raised English setters for a long time along with my hounds, traveled all over the country. And now, you know, through Joy Dog Food, I talk with dog food or dog guys all the time and retrievers and, and running dogs and beagles and bird bird dogs, working dogs of any kind. Right. And to watch a bird dog that really wants to, you don't see that in every other working dog aspect. No. Because a good bird dog, from the time you drop it out of the dog box until you put it back in the dog box, usually they're hunting. They are. They're busy. Uh, when we when we would go a hard day of bird hunting, say out in Montana or something, them dogs may not get over 200 yards from us all day and still put in 25, 30 miles. Right. You know, just at the speed that they're moving at, you know, just in front of you, yep. working. And I, you can't find that in a hound very often. You can't. It's impossible. You can't. Um, payday, of course, I could talk, I could just talk for hours about that dog because I had a lot of time with him and a lot of fond memories, but course what i'm fixing to say about him i've also seen from some of my others Mm -hmm. and some of his offspring but i've seen payday if you wasn't careful with him when you'd pull him out in the fall after laying him up during this hot summer he would he would knock part of his pad off he went so hard in rocky country and i've seen him josh when he put a foot down it left a bloody mark and that dog still i mean still just left there like you nearly shot him just hunting hard and leaving it's just like he he hunted through that pain and hurt and so anyway just make you i mean just like he give you everything he had every time you unclicked a snap and he really sired i mean a lot of them pups out of him and but after that, I've come to find, I mean, it wasn't just the payday dogs, but but I do tell people I've always told them the key to that is the bird dog. Yeah. And, uh, so. I mean, that's because when they bring up the pointing dogs and crossing them, and you can't just, there's got to be an art to that, Keith. You can't just take any old bird dog and breed it to any old coon dog or squirrel dog or, or whatever mm-hmm. and make it work. And I've... Up until I started hunting with some of your stuff and talking to all them guys, I was quite the doubter on doing that. You yeah. know, my idea is, especially with the coonhound side, not so much a squirrel, is it, of all the walkers and blue ticks and red bones and English dogs on this planet, you ought to be able to find a good one of those, you know. But it gets, we talked earlier, it's harder and harder. Oh, hard. And, uh, you know, now here you are. What are you looking at when you're you're making that pointer cross? I mean, are you looking at the pointing dog side too? you know to to see what those dogs are out of and what they're doing well you know i actually did a i did a podcast a little over a year ago with chris knight yeah. and he was a nice man to deal with and i was appreciative of that it's like i am today yeah and chris he asked and he asked me a lot of questions about uh about that and then after that i got a few phone calls people wanting to visit and get my opinion and they would ask me does it really matter like what kind of bird dog and i said well I didn't really always focus like on a certain bloodline yeah. of bird dog. I did actually use some LU stock and had yeah. good luck. But I said, but what I always did do was made sure that the bird dog side wasn't just 
that that it was hunting dog yeah. blood, and it did. And I always tried to find out if it was from parents that was good bird finders yeah. that really had the good nose and the winding ability. And and then I just even even at my age today, I like a dog with some hunt. Yeah. And uh, I uh, uh, so anyway, I always wanted hard running, hard going dogs, and I wanted to. I always tried to pick a bird dog line that had what I was trying to add to yeah. that it had that. Because, you know, there is some bird dogs out here just been bred for show and oh, they're yeah. not even bred to hunt. And and then, so, then there's some bird dogs that's, uh, and a lot of people ask me, did I use a certain breed? I mean, a bird dog, and, of course, English pointer more than anything. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was yeah, thinking, too. I have actually used a German short hair a little bit mm-hmm. and, and had some pretty good luck. But my experiences the pointer the english pointer yeah. they're they're the hardest going probably yeah. maybe even a little the hardest headed but they're for sure probably the the biggest running type wider harder going yeah. and even some of these we got a a friend of mine and me right now we got a couple Seth Graham in Greenville Ohio a younger guy but a fine young man good friend of mine we own a couple really high blooded pointer females together and they was actually out of horseback field trial yep, stock yep. i mean so they they're big had a guy a while back it kind of shocked me that somebody he said well does bird dogs have enough hunt and i said what are you talking about oh, do they have enough hunt <laughs> he said but here's what he was getting at josh range he was yep. talking he said when i think about a bird dog i think about them being over here real fast a couple hundred yards in maybe to the left and then here in a minute real fast a couple hundred yards to the right but i mean really moving but but just all around you he said i mean will they go well i got a little female out there named joy that's 11 year old and i'd say even today she don't she slowed down quite a bit with age i mean she'd probably go over a mile to find a squirrel if it's a bad terrible day i mean she's kind of like a squirrel you know no reverse you you turn her loose you get her and uh he said well i didn't know i said oh they they do that and uh, so anyway the english pointers now and a lot of the bird dogs that i've been around here lately now with garmin's and the tracking systems that we have and the nose that they bred into them dogs and how steady they are yeah they got more range than a lot of dogs oh they do i mean just we'll when we're bird hunting we may have a mile long fence row and we'll just cut them loose like hounds yeah and you know they'll go down there and we wait till they point and we'll drive down there on the side by side or walk down there exactly. or whatever we're doing you know exactly and so i was curious because motor is not a bird dog's problem oh no especially the english pointer side mm-hmm. but then you talked about nose too and is it necessarily the ability to smell something or how they use their nose or where they put it or well in my opinion I like a, especially for a squirrel dog, mm-hmm. I like what I call a heads up type. I want them to win. Yeah. I really don't even like to ever see a squirrel dog put its nose on the ground. A squirrel dog. Yeah. About that way on coon dogs, honestly, <laughs> yeah, but especially, too. especially squirrel dogs. Well, so they, even though you'll see it in other breeds, I mean, every now and then you'll see a coon hound. It's a, we call them a layup artist. Yeah. It can treat coons. It's never been down and stuff. And you may see a cur of some sort, or really you might see any dog that can do that. But it's just my opinion, and it may not be 100% accurate, but from my years of experience of hunting all different kinds of dogs and watching a lot of dogs, it's like I'm almost convinced that maybe nothing has got the wind and ability equal to a, to a bird dog. Yeah. I tell you something always amazed me, 
and you being a bird hunter, you've seen this, and this is this is pretty amazing when you stop and think about it. I remember my dad's bird dog retrieving a quail, I mean a fresh-killed quail that was alive 10 seconds ago that just fell dead, and I've seen, I've seen my dad's good bird dogs be retrieving that quail and bringing it back to dad and lock up on a second bird. Yeah. And you think, how in the world with all that fresh scent under that dog's yeah. nose can it detect? That's If you stop and think, that's kind of incredible yeah. to me. But uh, I'll say this, too, b- before I forget it. When I first started going to the competition squirrel hunts years ago, I was in a real small minority with a bird dog cross, and people would look at me like this poor fella don't even know that they got mountain curs and feist and kimmers and black mouse and all these different breeds. It's just kind of bred to be squirrel dogs, and a lot of times, a lot of my dogs, the payday dog was a chocolate liver colored and uh, but when I'd breed him, I'd always get usually white pups. And yeah. I'd get them. There'd always be some white ones in almost every litter, and then some his color. And then he was half Stevens, which is a black dog. So sometimes some black ones. But anyway, and they'd all be in the same litter. But through the years, I hunted a lot of white dogs because I had a lot of them turn out white. Yeah. And you know, you'd show up at a squirrel hunt with nearly a solid white <laughs> dog, and they'd say, I mean, this was years ago, yeah. and they'd say, what What's that dog? And I never was secretive about what I hunted. I'd say he's a, it's a half-pointer bird dog. And for squirrel, they'd look at me <laughs> like it just floored them, you know. And, uh, and a lot of them, they just never, they never even really could get that or even consider it. And it's kind of funny now if you go to looking on a lot of the sites and the squirrel. And, and a lot of my friends, I'm not on Facebook. My wife is, and I look on there a little bit, but, but not very much yeah. really. But a lot of my friends felt like that when Joy won the national championship in the December or something of twenty eighteen, I believe is when it was at, there was quite a there was quite a gallery of spectators out there that day. Yeah. And I heard a lot of them I could even hear them whispering in the background about, man, you know, I've always heard about a bird dog, you know, cross yeah. dog and and, you know, anyway a lot of people come to me afterwards and complimented that, you know, they thought they'd seen some really good dog work and, you know, really praised her and all that. Well, a lot of my buddies said they felt like after that was when a lot of people, it just opened some eyes yeah. and a lot of people got to, and then I, I did get some phone calls and stuff. And so uh, anyway, but uh, so now it's not uncommon, of course, yeah. to see that. But but I I tell people, I date, I showed you some pictures before yeah. we started. And, uh, and uh, but anyway, I've, I've just hunted these now for 30 some odd years and, and, but I'm kind of on a mission, Josh, and, and I told you a little bit about it. But really, I tell people I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody. If anything, maybe to myself. And and I don't think you'd ever take a a bird dog cross and ever replace a hound. I mean, where they just would get to the yeah. point where you'd start seeing. But I do believe that if you ever had the right dog, now I'm talking coon hunting yeah. night, yeah. I think they could really make an impact. And I've told... I've told a lot of my friends and hunting buddies, and some of them I, I can tell. I mean, they don't bother me, but they look <laughs> yeah. at me like, Keith, I don't know. You know, you might have kind of – you. Yeah. I know you think that, but I don't – they just – I tell you, though, the reason they can't really see that, they've never watched these dogs do uh, – out of all the hounds, and you kind of about halfway said that a while ago about the foot speed yeah. and toughness, out of every hound I've ever had the pleasure to own – 
and every one I've ever had the pleasure to hunt with, and and I've and I've got to be with some good hounds through the years. Uh, that really was, you know, some of the better hounds. I've really never been as impressed with any hound that I've ever with that I owned or somebody else owned as I have been some of the bird dog cross yeah. squirrel dogs. And the reason I say that, you know, be leading one of them squirrel dogs out of the woods and it go to standing on his hind legs and winding and reach down and unsnap it. And and me being, you know, I've clicked the stopwatch, just playing, yeah. just not trying to prove. I mean, I'm out there by myself. I just want to see. And when I hear the thing go to barking tree, click the stopwatch, and it's been gone, you know, it's been gone 42 seconds and it's 380 yards or something, treed yeah. and walk in there and shoot a squirrel out of the top, you know. And a lot of people's never seen that, and a lot of people can't even hardly believe it. But it, them squirrel, them squirrel dogs of mine through the years, uh, I wished I'd have had a Garmin where I could tell you what payday hunted because yeah. he was just quick. But even little Joy. When she was younger, and I don't mean out in open fields, I'm talking about in wooded areas, you know, it wasn't uncommon to look at the Garmin and that little dog be going 22, 23 mile an hour. Yeah. I mean, she's hunting that yeah. speed. I don't, I've never seen a hound go, you know, I've never owned one that moved that quick. Not for sustain, maybe yeah. for the first hundred yards down a field. Yeah, edge but we're or talking like maybe that. after yeah. she's been out there an hour and you yeah. look and she's, I mean, she hunted like that for hours. Yeah. And, and all them others, I mean, I could start naming them, but they all had that same kind of, and a lot of guys, when they've got one of these dogs off of me, by the way, they almost think they got their hands on a freak. You know, they've called me back. I ain't never seen nothing like this yeah. in my life. I've never seen nothing that hunts this fast, this hard, this quick. I mean, you, you'll you have to see this. And I just get a grin because I think, well, it's to, it's grandparents on both sides. It's parents. It's litter yeah. mates. I mean, it was bred to hunt like that. I mean, the whole family of dogs did that. So anyway, but... Uh, I, th I think a lot of times we get pigeonholed in distance you know oh my dog was in there a mile my dog was in there in three quarters of a mile eight tenths of a mile you know he's way deep way in there and we confuse that with heart and yeah, hustle right and i've seen some of the hustling hustlingest coonhounds in the world that may be still 300 yards from you five minutes later you know uh -huh. 10 minutes later right but they're working and they're yep. moving and they're mm -hmm. doing all that stuff so you know it's going to get, Keith, and you know just as well as I do, you've been around a lot of good dogs and you've been hunting a long time, but it's going to get where range is not as important as treeing everything in that woods. Right. You know, it's going to be. Yeah. And, you know, I, I emphasize about the speed because it just kind of is something I do like and everything, but, but I realize it that ain't everything that's – that's just something that's yeah. neat to watch oh, and yeah. see. But, but I'm uh, just saying you can have that speed and right. not be two miles. Oh, exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah, a lot of dogs are slow, but they'll go. I mean, yeah. no telling where you're liable to get them exactly. before the night's over. Yeah. yeah. But the reason I just always thought, you know, if a dog could treat wind tree and go to a squirrel like that, I've always thought if you got one that really took a liking to coon and got the tree in mm -hmm. them coon, that, uh, that it could just be deadly out there. Uh, about finding them and treeing them and having them and and I just I just think if a man ever you know and I'm hoping to be the man if I could ever do it or <laughs> but if I hear somebody else and and by the way there's been some dogs um, I've known some good hound men that own really good dogs that told me uh, that w one of the most phenomenal coon treeing dogs I ever seen was actually a half bird dog so there has been a yeah. few of them through the years. But most of them was accidents. They just exactly. kind of got bred or had them, or 
and then they realized after you know was given the opportunity so we right now we bred one of these females uh we got some pups right now and i'm getting really good reports off of them off a of rodeo yep, in one yep. of them and i uh, seen scott posted that here a while yeah, back yeah and then we've got a um and then we also bred another one to the fade to black dog i just yep. like that dog's pedigree yep. Uh, you know, Harry was from around here, and I even knew Timothy Ball personally and yep. hunted with Timothy. I'm, I, I date back that far, <laughs> and Timothy and me's shared motels and hunts yep. before and stuff. And uh, and so anyway, I knew in, in my family we had a lot of luck actually through the years with the Harry dogs. Yep. Not everybody liked them, but they was kind of a tough, hard going dog. Yep. And, but anyway, we we got along with them pretty good. So. Anyhow, I ended up, we bred a female, Seth, I mentioned him earlier, we're partners on them two females and bred, and we've actually got a litter of pups, we're fixing to have pups just uh, due on the 10th of January, and she's she's pretty heavy, yeah. we got a female bred to Echo right now, oh boy. and uh, so anyway, we hadn't played around as far as trying to go to some of the, I never was a guy that just did something because it was convenient. I, yeah. I mean, I've drove several states to breed a dog or buy a pup. I, it's so important that I'm trying to strive to have a better dog that I I would always, you know, I just did whatever I almost had to do. And one other thing, I mentioned Seth Graham, and, and like I said, he's a younger guy and a, and a, just a good, been a good friend of mine and how we got acquainted years and years ago. He liked a dog with a lot of hunt, and somebody yeah. told him about my dogs, and he started getting a hold of me and buying puppies off of me, and he liked them. And he had a dog called Cash that was a real fine dog and uh, just died here just in the last few months, but he was old. But he won a lot with yeah. him, and he was he was a good dog. But I'm going to also mention, because I'll mess around and forget, you know, this day and time, the price of dogs and then what it costs trying to – drive and promote dogs seem like you see more partnerships than you used to i want to mention a man named chris gilmer he's from delight arkansas and chris is a partner with me he was a partner he tried to buy joy when he first hunted with her he liked her and tried to buy her and i didn't want to sell her and then later on he said well would you consider selling half of her and we just and she you keep her and you hunt her but we'll be partners so i ended up doing that and then later on, when Flo come along, he said, I'd even partner on a coon dog if you ever yeah. was interested. So we partnered on her, and so we ended up partnered on several dogs. But Chris has been a real blessing to me because it's it's allowed me to go look at dogs, Josh, that it had been hard for me yeah. financially to look at them all by myself. But, you know, if you're splitting the cost and then splitting the – just everything it, it's so anyway i just want to mention he's been a, become a real good friend good christian man yeah. and been a really good partner for me so uh anyhow well anymore in this day and age you talked about dog prices it takes a team you know to do this a lot of times it does and uh we uh you know we talk about how dogs it's so much harder to find the dogs seem like it gets harder all the time and I sometimes get to thinking, is it the breeding? Is it just the the dogs? Or, But really, I kind of believe more than anything, it's maybe we don't have the hunters like yeah. we used to. I used to know several men. I mean, it wasn't uncommon. These guys hunted five or six nights a week year-round. I mean, they, I'm telling you, they hunted, I mean, all the time. And, and they just didn't go to hunts, yeah. you know. 
this may step on some people's toes, and I don't, I don't, I'm not doing it that way. I'm sure not going to call any names, but seem like nowadays a lot of people their their hunting is just going to like even yeah. the little one hour hunts during the week, and and they don't hardly what I call keep a dog right through the week. You know, back years ago when we had mostly just the hunts on the weekends yeah. and and all that, well, you hunted and tried to you tried to tune and get them right and all that to take them to the hunt Saturday night or yeah. something. And uh, now with all the hunts and everything, it's just easy. And so, and some dogs can handle that, but I've seen I've seen good dogs swap hands and then people, you know didn't hunt them like they had been yeah. hunted and and really they wouldn't show to be the same dog you know after a while do you ever remember i mean because i don't remember it up until maybe two or three years ago uh going to a hunt and just hoping to get lucky knowing your dog wasn't right knowing you hadn't been hunted or because that was that was so foreign to me you know up until recently yeah. i never would have dreamed it well i was always the kind that I really wouldn't even go to a hunt if I didn't feel right. like I was prepared. One time, you know, I owned the old Flow female, and I had her for a long time and sold her to Roger Shavel when she was gone for two years and really didn't figure I'd ever get an opportunity to buy her back, and but did, and I guess sentimental. I just wanted yeah. to bring her home, and I'm bad to get a dog and own it nearly a year and never transfer the papers. Reason yeah. being, I'm wanting to make sure that I'm going to keep the dog yeah. and like it. And but when I got her back, I actually put the papers in the mail the next morning because <laughs> yeah. we'll bury we'll bury yeah. her this time. She belongs to Chris Gilmer that yeah. I mentioned and me. But uh, but one time she had been in heat, and she had been laid up, you know, for three or four weeks, and they had a hunt, and I just jerked her up and tuck her, and she really did. That was one of the times she really kind of embarrassed me. Yeah, and uh, she just wasn't herself and. I used to come in and cover the dog at night, and she don't do. And just, I don't know, she just probably yeah. not making any sort of excuses. But really, when it's all over, I blame myself more yeah. than I did her. I thought I knew better than to do that. And so I didn't feel good about it when I went, and and I felt what even worse before it was <laughs> all over. And uh, But most of the time, I just I was the kind that I wouldn't even hardly go unless I felt like that I'd prepared, you know, my dog and, Maybe my si- my si- I'm usually I'm not a very good handler really, uh, especially at night at night hunt. And I, I I can throw a hunt away pretty easy sometimes, yeah. just getting flustered and making a stupid call or something. And uh, but uh, but anyway, I I thought a lot of times I might should have tried to prepare myself more than my dog. I think it was better <laughs> better better ready to be there than I was. Seemed yeah. like, but. Uh, no, it just seems, and a lot, there's so many hunts now, you know, on the Kuna and the squirrel dog side. You know, there's there's squirrel hunts. Yeah, um, it's coming into its own as far as you know. These guys are hunting for huge chunks of change, oh, and trucks, and all kinds of stuff now. That that's another thing, Josh. Years and years ago, I was asked, you know, do you think the squirrel hunts will ever get as big, like the prize money and stuff, yeah. as the coon hunts? Well, I told Chris not that, and I'll say it again here today. I didn't, and because for several reasons, and I told people the reason I didn't think it'd ever get that big. I said, you know, you go to a big coon hunt, you know, you might have a hundred dogs there. You go to what's considered a big squirrel hunt, you might have thirty or forty. Yeah. So, and then I said, besides that, you got a lot of serious, serious coon hunters. It's really serious about it, and 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 back in them days, the squirrel hunts. 
squirrel dogs ain't any better today than they've ever been, but there's more better dogs. In other yeah. words, when you'd go to one of them squirrel hunts back then that, that had, say, I'm just going to pick out 30 dogs there. Really, truthfully, there was probably three or four dogs there that was really top-shelf squirrel dogs, and the rest of them was just kind of yeah. mediocre, the more like meat dogs that you could kill squirrels with, but not really true good competition yeah. squirrel dogs. Well, now, you know, you may go to a hunt that's got 30 or 40 dogs, and most of them dogs, there's all yeah. that kind of a dog. And uh, but there Do you again, think that's because of the prize package? Well, I think and, it is, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, my goodness, now— uh, like you said, giving away trucks. I mean, the Joey Poston hunt the last yeah. two or three years has paid. It's something when I hunt, and I'm not throwing any reflection bad, but, I mean, pays more than some of the world coon hunts yeah. pay. And, I mean, at a squirrel hunt. Yeah. And uh, and actually, just to give a little credit, and I think these guys are deserving, and I don't want to – only bad thing about calling names, you might leave somebody out. and that you. But Joey Poston was real yeah. instrumental at that. Joey being such a competitor like he was, he had this thought. The first Joey Poston hunt had nine dogs. And what yeah. Joey did was got a hold of people that he knew that he thought he tried to bring together what he thought was probably the maybe nine of the most serious squirrel dog men and their dogs that had the, that kind of a dog. And he brought them together. And at that very first one, and I was invited and I was there. Yeah. And, of course, it was just a nine dog, so three threes, and in that afternoon, the final three. And uh, I didn't really have much luck, but I, <laughs> but I was there. And uh, so anyhow, and then so uh, Joey had that vision to do that. Greg Maynard now that's been so instrumental and he's doing so much with pro sport and yep. everything, uh, just, uh, of course, I like Greg a lot, and he's a good promoter. Yeah. But through the years, I mean, he's – Ain't probably nobody won any more in the squirrel hunts than Greg Maynard, and so he was real. You know, he was real instrumental. Yeah. And then the islands, Jeff and of course Norman, um, they they was really they put a lot into it. And guys like Rod Hardy, and then of course later on Jimmy Inman started. You know, NSD and all these different ones that to bring it to where it is today. Yeah. But it's it's I. I really never thought I'd see it, but it's here. I mean, and getting bigger all the time. It's gotten a lot of crossover from the coon hunting side, too. Oh, yes. You see Colt Perriman out there winning squirrel hunts yeah. and Dual Murphy. Right. You know, with an Ike Rainey dog at squirrel hunts exactly. now. And so, Nikki Hale's hunt. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm, try, I'm trying to keep my feet out of that water. I'm yeah. so busy. <laughs> I will say this, like me trying to do both, I mean – it gets it gets a little tough. I yeah. mean, you try to stay out there and coon up till two or three in the morning, then you try to get back up the next morning. And yeah. oh, I can do it two or three mornings and days and nights. Yeah. But trying to have both sports, it does. And trying to do good at both of them and have good keeping your dog sharp on both night and day, it gets a little challenging. And uh, and really, it's uh, I mean might. One might take a little away from the other just because of yeah. the the night and day and just trying to squeeze it all in. Well, you may not make that extra drop that's going to do your dog some good the night before if you know you got to get up at 530 or whatever to go squirrel hunt the next morning. You're right. Something. You're yeah. right. I mean, and I've even been faced with that yeah. where I think, man, I really hate to quit right now, but I'm supposed to meet, you know, I'm supposed yeah. to go or I want to go. And, and, man, it's already late, and so it's going to be a short night as it is and all that, so.
It does. Well, I want to just talk about the the pointing dogs in the coonhound side just a little bit longer because that's you know we we see what these dogs need you know we see what our holes are you know you look at my line my line of dogs coming off skipper you'll get a good year maybe two out of them and then they get a little lazy and they lose a step and you know that's a problem uh some of the brains that these dogs got some of them are almost too smart for us you know and so we're having to kind of adjust the way that we handle them and hunt them and do things like that what holes are you seeing you know when in the coonhound side is it the same stuff you're seeing that maybe them pointers can help well of course i don't like downtime in a dog i um i can hunt a trailing type dog but i sure want him to be moving i don't want him standing you know very I don't want him, like one boy said, I'm not so worried about where the coon's been. I kind of know where he's at now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, uh, but, and I even, not everybody would like a tight dog. And, and it's not necessarily that I like a tight dog altogether, but I can hunt them. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I just like a, I guess I really do sort of favor a little bit of an ambush type dog yeah. that's just looking for his kind of coon. To me, they're a little more exciting to, to hunt. Yeah. And they're more accurate. And more accurate, yeah. probably. Yeah. And uh, and so anyway, uh, what I'm what I'm hoping to get out of some of this is is that type of dog. Yeah. Um, I've never got the privilege to hunt with Echo, but I have watched him on some of them, yeah. some of the you know live feed. And uh, I know when Scott strikes him, he's got him treed pretty quick, yeah. and he's one of them. And Greg tells me that he really moves around. Yeah. I'm sure you've watched him. Yeah, he does. And, I mean, does everything quick and in a hurry. So, so actually, if I ever get to write one of these bird dog crosses and it does what I think it can do and hope that I get some that will do that, that take the liking to coon, I mean, that's just how they'll be. They'll be the kind of dog that, I mean, you'll turn them loose, and people will be amazed how how fast and quick they can yeah. get from point A to point B and be treed. And then they, my squirrel dogs recut outstanding. I mean, even to the point I was out yesterday evening, and a dog nearly caught a squirrel, run it up, and almost caught it as it went yeah. in a hole. So it knew that squirrel was it went right there, and I actually snapped a lead on him, led him about ten feet, and pointed him another way, and turned him and. He never even went back to that hole or yeah. that, you know, he was gone. And then just in real short order, he was treated again and they're the different. So anyhow, that's what I was, that's what I hope to maybe accomplish. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, I've, I've owned a few tight mouth hounds that operated that way anyway. Yep. I had a female years ago and some people will probably remember her. Her name was Cabin Creek Gurley, but she was nearly bought her off Joe Tinsman in Indiana, but Really, Gurley was just nearly silent. You yeah. most of the time struck her and treated her in the same voice, and and uh, but you know she was pro dog of the year one year, yeah. and I don't know what her lifetime. I know she ended up, and that's back before he could win so much right. in one weekend. So you got to consider if a dog won forty or fifty thousand back then, yeah. that's more than forty or fifty thousand today. Two hundred thousand today. Yeah, yeah, because they had to do it. About the pro hunts was about yeah. the biggest thing out there. Yeah. So Gurley had a lot of success and. I, I'm pretty sure when she died, I ended up selling her to Greg Dunlap in uh, Pennsylvania, and he kept her till she died. But I don't know what what she ended up, but I think it was up maybe getting close to fifty thousand. Yeah. And she was a tight dog, but she was a coon treer, right. always by herself, and she moved around quick. But 
but even even some of the hardest hunting hounds that I've ever seen, uh, you know, to me, the if I ever get the right kind of a bird dog, I mean, I think it, if possible, they might even, you yeah. know, might even get things done a little quicker, really. Yeah. Well, you know, as well as I do, speed's the name of the game. Yeah. It's all about speed. It is yeah. in a way because you're on a time clock, right. you know, and and if you uh, – and one other thing, it's more popular now, Josh, but if you'd have drew me way back in the 70s at a coon hunt, I never did haul anything that packed. I, yeah. I like a – one thing, I, there again, I'm not that good of a handler, and I'm not very good in a handler's contest. Yeah. And so if I'm having to try to hurry up and strike and tree and we're all in there together, yeah. you'll I say you, somebody will beat me with my own dog, you know. Yeah. And I've even had guys in the past, if I had a dog, you know, I've had guys tree my, you know, and they'd say, why didn't you, you know, it's like my, it takes my brain look too, yeah. you know, by the time my <laughs> yeah. brain kicks in the gear, I'm too late. Yeah. But we all know if you got a dog in there somewhere all by itself and you hear them get treed, and really that's the same way on a squirrel hunt yeah. or a coon hunt. You really don't have the pressure on you to you can kind of make sure and listen and yep. be a little more cautious and call them and all that and so really all these years I've always hunted in my year in my success that I've had in the competition squirrel hunts and world titles and stuff I really I know it's almost gonna be hard for somebody to believe but uh, I don't think I've ever took a second tree ever you know it really? I mean, yeah my dogs always, yeah. and and really one other thing that I always like to throw in, I like a natural independent dog. I, yeah. You can make them a man-made independent by shocking, whipping, all this stuff. But I tell the people that a man-made independent dog, they get hunt-wise for one yeah. thing, and it don't take them too long to realize when you're out there on that hunt and there's no prongs in their neck or, yeah. you know, they, they figure that out pretty quick yeah. that they can get by with stuff. And you just kind of almost like you, you got to always, it's like you never can let your guard yeah. down on trying to train if you're, but the but the naturally independent ones like I had, they just their whole life never really wanted to, you know, they just wanted to go their own way yeah. and do their own thing. And, of course, I tell people, even them, if they would have fell in the wrong hands and been pack hunted and fun hunted with yeah. people, probably could have took some of that out yeah. of them just by, but the way I hunt dogs by themselves a lot, and I hunt by myself a lot, they had that to begin with. And then the way I always hunted them, they they never really lost it. Yeah. They just they stayed that way their whole entire life. And so we know because it's a sigh of relief hunting an independent dog every time you turn it loose. Yeah, and especially one that's a low end strike dog. Right. I actually enjoy a low end strike dog. It takes all the pressure. I know I'm going in for 25. Uh, I don't have to worry about. That. Yeah. I don't even have to look at my clock for the first two or three minutes because I know mine ain't opening anyway. Right. <laughs> well, so, I usually hunted one like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually I prefer that kind. I enjoy that kind. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier on the handler. And my theory has always been all I got to do is tree one more coon than whatever strikes for a hundred usually. Yeah. And uh, if I can't do that, what am I doing out here anyway? Well. I, I've had the same mentality as you, and I agree with agree with you 100%. I uh, and used to people because seem like there's more independent dogs now than yeah. there has been in the coon hunts. Uh, the last few years, you see it more where you're just scattered everywhere. Yeah. But back in years past, if you had a dog that got its mouth open, 
then he a lot of times would get would draw a tailgater yep. or two. You yep. know, they would come and get in there yep. with him. Well, then even if you are hunting an independent dog, you're back to that right. same scenario where you got a dog now with yours, yep. and you're trying to really, you know, I'm sitting there trying to pay attention and you know be sure I make the right call and try to get treed yep. and don't let throw my tree away and all that. But but. If you, back in them days, if you had a tight dog that was a little sneakier and quieter and got away from dogs and and low end strike like we're talking, and usually when they struck, they was going to get treed pretty yep. quick yep. and stuff like that. So I was almost willing to give up the strike just to just to have that style of a dog, yep. you know, just just what I preferred. Did you have them, you know, them low end strike dogs and stuff? Where they? Because I've had a few, two or three that I can think of. That when I turned them loose by themselves, they were open. They would they would open quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But if you ever you could turn a Chihuahua loose with them, and like Con, for instance, he won't bark on the ground in a crowd. Yeah. But they would, you know, if they were by themselves. Yeah, you know, I always found in my years of experience, most of the time, if a dog was going to be one way or the other, they would they'd be more open trailing alone, and they yeah. would get tighter. I did own a dog one time that was different than that, almost opposite, and I sold her. And uh, actually, she won the PKC World Hunt, and her name was Hell on Heels. Yep. And actually, Eric Henry got her, and, and when he got her, he called me, and he said, Keith, I've ended up with one of your rejects. He said, tell, <laughs> tell me about O'Heels. And Eric's a good guy and a, and a good dog good and a good handler. Yep. And uh, I said, Eric, the sky's the limit to what you can win with heels. And he said, well, why, what didn't you like about her? And I said, you know, most people would like this. I said, it was crazy. When I hunted Hills, just me and her, she's actually a tight-mouthed dog, just you and her. But when you put her in a cast, yeah. she opens a lot more. And I said, just opposite of most dogs I, that I've dealt with, and it was. And I said, of course, most people said, well, you, ain't that what you'd want anyway? You can get a better strike with yeah. her. But I said, but don't get me wrong. Hills ain't no me too. She ain't going to be packing around following no. other dogs. But because she gets her mouth open quick in a cast – Seemed like she'd always have a dog or two with her. Yeah. I mean, they was going with her, and I just didn't enjoy hunting her for that reason. She's a fine dog, and I said, I I expect to hear you do a lot of good with her. And, you know, wasn't very long after that. He won the PKC yeah. World and won a lot of stuff. Yeah. And He sure enough did good with her. Oh, he did. I mean, <laughs> she was a fine dog, but yeah. but that was one dog that was actually, you know, was opposite of yeah. most of the dogs. But I'm, most of them has been, like you said, tighter in a group than they was by no. theirself. Yeah. One more thing before we go squirrel hunting. Okay. Uh, now you've proved this wrong. My theory has always been on even even uh crossbred stuff that it's you know, Walker Blue Tick or two hounds or something like that. It's hard to get a reproducer out of that. You know, I it you just look at them and you, they look like, well that's just a freak. You know, you got a freak out of a crossbred cross and most of them don't reproduce. Now, that's been proved wrong with all Brett Meyer stuff and the Trader stuff and all the crossbred dogs. Right. Sambo throw some through some great dogs. But you've proved that wrong with the pointing dogs, too, because you look at Payday and you look at Payday's pups reproduced and his grand pups or whatever, you know, and that line stayed around and done a good job and still reproduced. Uh, was that something you was ever worried about or concerned about or? Well, in the very beginning, I was, yeah. and, and I didn't even call the dog's name. That very first dog, after my grandpa put a bug in mare to try to find me a part bird dog, I and actually that dog was bred the same way. He was a Stevens bird yeah. dog 
cross, and he was a black dog with four white feet and all that. We called him. His name was that when I got him, High Pockets. But yeah. anyway. High <laughs> Pockets, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it was his name. I will say you got some of the best names, yeah. Keith. I do like your dog's name. Well, a lot of them on payday, you know, they he, we started naming them cash, credit, mm-hmm. jackpot, gold mine, yep. money. Uh, I can't remember. You know, all these names come out, just branches from the payday, yep. you know. Yep. But uh, – but that dog, we, I didn't breed him much, but I bred him two or three times and never got a pup to do anything, you right. know, really. Then Payday come along, and uh, he wasn't even bred for the first few years of his life, but I, I probably never bred him to even a female till he was probably a four- or five-year-old dog. And, and when I first got him, he was, you know, only probably, I think they said around 15 months old or yeah. something like that. So, but anyway, it didn't take me long to see that. I mean, boy, I bred him, got good pups. I bred him something else, got good pups. Anyway, yep. I just really, he was a good reproducer. And then later on, see the Joy dog, and then she's got a litter mate brother, and a lot of people that hears this podcast is hunting uh, is hunting pups off of this dog, and his name's Gunsmoke. I did not know Gunsmoke and Joy were litter They're mates. They're litter mates. Yeah, I mean, done. Gunsmoke yeah. come from me. Well, yeah. actually, he's at Chris Gilmer's at my partner. Yeah. We still own him together today. Yeah. But they're litter mates. I did not know that. Yeah. And so when they come along, and I owned their parents, uh, dogs called Bud and Katie. One bad Bud and Katie. But yeah. And they was uh, – but when – that was actually a different line but still half bird dogs. Yeah. So, But I knew it would complement each other, I felt like. And, of course, like just Saturday before last or maybe it was a week ago today or, or the Saturday before – you know, a Gunsmoke pup won the Louisiana State Hunt, yeah. and, I mean, they've won. They're, they're winning. Gunsmoke's turned out to be quite a good reproducer, yeah. but his parents was good dogs. And, matter of fact, Gunsmoke, see, was the dog that I bred Flo to that had the crossbred pups that I told you yeah. I had some bad luck. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, but anyway, I've just always, something that I've did is, even if I was going to take a female and breed to somebody else's stud dog, I always wanted to know what was that dog out of, and yeah. did, did he have any litter mates that done anything? Right. Because uh, seemed like sometimes when you hear of a dog and he may be as good as they can possibly be, but they really truly are kind of what we always called kind of a freak. You know, sometimes when you do a little research, none of the litter yeah. mates really done much. Even the parents wasn't that special. This one pup just yep. turned out to be a whiz-bang dog, and, I mean, you can't take nothing away from his ability, but I really usually would never breed anything like that. Yep. And even when we first started breeding gun smoke to a few females, I really thought he would reproduce because his whole – I own most of them in that litter, and I had a total of about five of them, and every one of them would go right. get treed. Every one of them hunted hard. They had yep. – you know, they was just a good family of dogs, and then the parents and – so I just thought I don't hardly see how that dog can keep from reproducing, yeah. and now and we've never really campaigned him or stood him like at public stud, but just really nothing but word of mouth. We've had quite a few females come to him because yeah. people's starting to see, you know, see a lot of good offspring off of him. Well, I had heard of him, and I don't know nothing about squirrel. Dogs. I want to show you here <laughs> after a bit. Remind me, I'll, I'll show you a video of him. Yeah, but he's, I he, want to see it. He was he he is a nice tree dog and. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I've just I've just always tried to really stay with a family of dogs that uh, and then of course and I'm a firm believer in line breeding like the payday stock I did a lot of uncle to niece crosses yeah. and half brother half sister 
I never, well, I did make one or two, I guess you would call them. In I bred a couple good daughters, and I actually got yeah. good pups. Yeah. But I only did that a couple times and did have good success. But but I did do a lot of, sure enough, a lot of line breeding. Yeah. With any with any dogs, especially if you're trying to kind of your own bloodlines, like you you got yours, yeah. and even in hounds or anything, if you go to making too many outcrosses, and you just, I mean, it ain't very long till you don't even hardly have very, just maybe right. a small fraction of what you yeah. started with. So I've always tried to, you know, kind of breed them, you know, keep it, keep the same kind of thing on both sides right. and breed it together. Yeah. And, uh, no, nope. so. that makes sense. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. I, I've enjoyed this, Josh. I yeah. mean, it's been a, like, thank you again for sitting down with me and, I probably talk. I mean, the only thing with a guy like me, I don't know when to, you know. I can. I love. It's a passion, you yeah. know, no doubt. I don't deny it, and so I can sit here and talk. And uh, I, uh, I was called on recently at my church to get up and like take us to prayer or do something, and I can do stuff like that. But I was kind of blank. Yeah. And I think I even told them. I said, you know, now somebody can ask me to say something about a dog or talk dogs. <laughs> yeah. And I'm never without words to, because I mean I've just done it and it's something I can do. And and I said, you know, I I I was really confessing that I wished I had that same. I wished I could just on a spur yeah. of the moment could quote scriptures or give somebody a word of encouragement, you know, and you know on that side. But anyway, but it's uh, it's just something I've always liked to do. And and I'm really thankful thinking about the the goodness of the good Lord. I'm really thankful that at least so far, I don't consider myself an old, old guy, but I'm not really a spring chicken either. But, you know, I still can really, it don't yeah. even really seem normal, but I can walk for hours and hardly ever get tired. And, uh, you know, I'm still so far got my health, and I'm thankful for that. So, Well, I've loved sitting down here with you, Keith. It's been fun. And when you're talking about talking, I know, and most folks that know me don't know this, but most of my answers to questions are yes or no yeah uh -huh. <laughs> but until they say something about a dog then, then you I can could, start I, yeah. could, I could start in so right. i'm a lot like you i, I hear i feel it trust yeah. me well i like i said thank you also I, I want you to know i've enjoyed it as well yeah. so no, i really appreciate you sitting down with me keith it's been a blast is there anything you need to add before we no i hope i hadn't uh I think I mentioned my son, you know, winning that winning that yeah. youth world hunt. That was a special event, you know, and that was in 1999. Yeah. And, of course, you know, being my son and then taking a dog that we raised and owned the parents, and then he won that, that was a, that was a real special deal for me. Was that and, better than winning anything that you well, won? Well, really it yeah. was, honestly. And, you know, I, I always said – the way they did that, you know, I didn't. I wasn't out there in the woods or no other yeah. parents. They made the kids go out there by themselves. And, of course, I did drive him to the woods, and I sat there at the truck while the hunt was going on. Was you a nervous wreck I was pretty time. nervous. <laughs> yeah. I want to say it was a 90-minute hunt, and yeah. that was about one of the 90, you know. And, and my boy, he was pretty quiet and stuff. And, uh, of course, there was other cast out. But when he come back in, you know, I said, did you do pretty good, son? He grinned. You know, he he was he was yeah. really he's actually probably quieter than I am, and he didn't say too much. And I said, "What well, did you did you win your cast?" And he said, "Yeah." And anyway, and of course we got back up there and everything, and he had, he had had the, you know won it and had yeah. the high score, and, but that was that was pretty special. But uh, 
but yeah, I've just you know just the dogs and having them and and a lot of, a lot of good memories and want to just say maybe before I get off here, just made a lot of really good close friends yeah. through my dogs and through hunting and thankful for each and every one of them because you know the camaraderie. Uh, matter of fact, I went to a funeral. Uh, well, yesterday. And it was an old squirrel hunting buddy of mine that passed away. And, uh, of course, really in, in my life, a lot of my friends was older guys than yeah. me just because yeah. of the way. So a lot of them's passed on now. But in, but I've still got a lot of good friends and a lot of people, and, and I'm thankful thankful for that side of it. Yeah. yeah. But that's probably about all I can think of. Well, I'm thankful for you sitting down with me, Keith, and the hospitality. you got a beautiful place here. I'm excited to go see these bird dogs go. I've been <laughs> – I've been well. I call them bird dogs. They're squirrel yeah, dogs, but right. they got the bird dog cross. But I'm so excited to go see them go. So well, we're gonna go try yeah. it here in a All little right. bit. All right. Well, I sure appreciate it. And if you guys want to watch uh, some of Keith's bird dog squirrel dog cross action going on, you can check that out. Of course, at Canestream Media. So uh, yeah, big appreciation to Mr. Sutt Miller, and uh, big thank you. And we thank all you guys for listening.